Hello, friend, and welcome to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You are listening and watching over New Jersey's oldest radio station, WIMG 1300, streaming over the website as well, WIMG 1300. If you're watching, it's over WPHY, Channel 25, covering Mercer County, New Jersey. And the Trenton 365 Show has a Facebook page where you can see lots of different things that I'm doing. Also, catch the archives of what I've been doing, um, interviewing some amazing guests like I have in a studio with me tonight. You can also visit our website, Trenton365.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, Trenton, T-R-E-N-T-O-N, 365show at gmail.com. So everyone knows how I am enamored with books. I mean, I've, I can't even tell you how many books I have in the house and how many get circulated through me, my wife, and my daughter, and also through the library boxes of Trenton Program, because I believe literacy is one of those simple things that we can teach all young people at a young age, and then for them to expand as they get older, which helps out with their learning potential, extra education, etc. So it, it it's no mistake that I have another author in the studio with me, and these are just two of her books. I've got Trish Williams, who's in the studio, and uh, these are two of her new books that I've been gifted with. And uh, we're going to be talking about these and some of the other things that Trish has been writing and has written over the years. But we're also going to be talking about her as a person and, uh, again, the background of how she's gotten to this point in her life, what she is doing, etc., her family life with her uh, wonderful, loving husband who's in the studio as well. Give a quick shout-out there, Trey. Say something. Hello, hey. There we go. Big tray in the house. So um, so we're going to be talking about lots of different things with Trish Williams and talking about her books and then also about her faith and how this all kind of culminates together to uh, formulate this idea of building a better community for everyone. Catchphrase. So Trish Williams, welcome to the Trenton 365 show. I know we had to go through a couple different renditions to get you here, but you are here in studio. Yes, so I welcome. Am here. Thank you. Thanks for having me, John. It's absolutely my pleasure. Um, first of all, I'd like to have everyone uh, give a little background about themselves, who they are, what they're doing in this region. Why don't you do that, and then we can get into some of the sweetness about your books. Okay. Well, I'm originally from Trenton in the Hiltonia section. I went to Trenton schools. I um, cheered for Trenton High. Uh, I'm a big Trenton fan. <laughs> And um, I did leave for a little while to North Carolina, but I did come back, and um, it's my first love. I absolutely love Trent. Mm -hmm. um, don't think I'll leave again. If I do leave again, it's probably going to be a short time, and then I'll be back. But um, I really do love Trenton. I've lived in every area of Trenton, and um, except for South Trenton. So here I am. <laughs> What else do you want to know? Well, I think that's a nice place to get started, but why don't you share your contact information so the folks oh, who are listening, absolutely. and um, they can actually go to your website and check out some of the things that you have. Okay. Um, my website is ireesky.com, I-R-E-E-S-K-Y.com, and you can always reach me by phone at 609-963-7077. And I want you to, to drill down on the Irie Sky website. And um, also, I mean, the, the people who know me know I'm a huge reggae music fan. I mean, I'm a Roots guy. You know, I'm not really into dance hall as much, but I'm a big Roots fan. Okay. And uh, have been, you know, for, for since I was a child. Um, but uh, the iriness and um, the oneness <laughs> and the movement of the whole idea of being Irie and being fluid and, and, and recognizing... Irie, Irie that you know we're on a there's multiple levels to this world that that we have and it takes a, a, a certain kind of a, a mentality to navigate through that so when I saw that your website said Irish sky I was like <laughs> yeah I'm in a rust in the house <laughs> so um so uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about that well I was actually raised in a house we're a very musical family my father was in a band and um, he was very influential and and our music foundation came from West Indies music. My dad listened to the big bands, everything from uh, Stevie Wonder to Earth, Wind & Fire to uh, Minnie Ripperton. So um, we played, he played everything. So I, had, I have like a, a musical family, a musical house. There was never not anything playing. And my mother, um, she was more, um, she, she liked, she liked uh, uh, 
um, I can't think of her name, uh, with the long crystal gale. <laughs> I couldn't think of her name, long crystal gale hair, the lady with the long hair, and she liked uh, a lot of, of indie music, uh, music that was contemporary, music that was, uh, whenever now was, that was, was what my mother was listening to. My father, he played a lot of things that were um, unorthodox. So I had it on both sides. I had something that I heard every day, over and over, and then I had something that you never heard before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was quite interesting in our house because music was playing nonetheless all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, how does that translate to having your your craft uh, as an author that be your website? Oh, you, you mean the Irie Sky? Yes. Um, we loved West Indian music so much that my daughter, who's 30 now, named her son Irie. So, and then my other daughter named her daughter Sky. So I kind of combined the two names Irie Sky to reflect my grandchildren. Hmm. Now that's a wonderful story. Um, and, and the reason why I say that is because it's obvious there's a bit of a, a met metaphysical understanding about this. You know, not only is it your offspring and your seed, but what they've brought to life as well. And right. it's it's now, it's global, which a lot of people don't realize with the Irish sky and now people know about the yeah. reasoning behind the name. So on your website, you've got, um, it's it's what I would consider not an overwhelming, lots of things thrown at your website. It's, it's very much to the point. You're very clear with, you know, what you're doing, why you're doing what you're doing, etc. And um, what does social media or what has social media meant to you as an independent author? Well, it's, it's my advertising. It's, it's, it's everything right now. When I was, um, I, I didn't mention it before, but I, I have a lot of nerve diseases and I was confined to the house in my wheelchair. So it was my window to the world social media and I, I, I really appreciated the feedback from especially Facebook because there's a lot of people you can't reach and have a dialogue with but at least if they go look you up they get some idea of what I'm trying to do I don't like to I didn't want to make a website where everybody everything was thrown at you a lot of uh, websites turn you off that way I have written six books and the six books that are published are on my website. I've, I've written many more books, but the ones that are published are on the site. And I, I don't, I don't, I, I'd like for people to just go on the site, browse around, see what's available, because they're not always available, but the ones that are available, I let people know. So I'm always updating and let them know what's available. Right now, we have a lot in stock. We have a huge inventory, thanks to my husband. And Facebook is very instrumental in uh, getting those books out. So there's, I, I circulate, you know, if I have 20 books of one title and then 15 of another, I like to have, you know, have one at one, at one time. And then as soon as they're um, obsolete, then I like to, you know, keep it in circulation. Now, how many books do you have total that you've written Total, uh, 20, I would say. Yeah, I'm a writer. Ever since my mother put the journal in my hand at 12 years old, I've been writing. So I and, really like to write. And, you know, I've, I'm glad you led right into it because that was my next point. So at 12 years old, you get this journal. Yes. And it's, it's from your mother. And obviously it's like almost like you said, it's, it's as social media was windows to the world, writing was almost like opening up that, that the windows for you. That was my outlet. Uh, I just made a post. My last post was a uh, blank sheet of paper. It's my best friend. Because <laughs> that's what I rely on to get what's in here out, it's out there. I, I need to write it down. I need to write everything down. And once I write it down, then, then it's real to me. Mm -hmm. So if it's real to me, then why not share it? You know what I mean? So. Now, I... I, I can tell this is going to be one of those interviews where the, the 60 minutes or so is going to fly by. So I just want you to know that I'll be asking you back and we'll be drilling down on specific things. Sure. But um, you said a blank sheet of paper mm -hmm. is your best friend. Mm -hmm. And it's the process of getting it from here 
onto the paper. And then the key thing that you said was sharing it. Talk about the spiritual aspect of why you write and why you share what you write. Okay, I'm, I'm a Christian and I'm led by my spirit. And once something hits my head, I need to write that down. And, and if I write it down, then I know it's real. And once it's real, then I need to share it. That's the process. Um, the things that I want to share that are in my head are going to be fruitful for, for everybody, for anybody who can read it. It's positive. It's never negative. The things that are in my head that are real to me need to be read, need to be examined, need to be put out there so that anybody could say, okay, well, this is how you feel. This I've gone through something similar. And let's compare notes and or I disagree with you and this is this is my stance on it. It's just important that once it's on paper that I share it. And I, I need to get it out of here and on paper, then I need to share it. So that I it's is it just me? Is it just me? <laughs> So I basically want people to read to see if they went through something similar or if they're about to go through something similar and they can avoid that pitfall. If I could, if I could be the guinea pig for them, it, it'd be wonderful. I went through a domestic violence situation and now I'm an advocate for domestic violence and um, it's important to me, it's important to me that if someone is about to or in the process of being isolated and feeling alone and being pulled away from their family and being pulled away from their friends, they might not necessarily know they're in that situation. I didn't when I was in it. It wasn't until 10 years later that I realized, hey, I thought I was falling in love, but actually he was isolating me. Mm -hmm. So these are the things that I write down and I try to get them into every young person's hand to see, you know, because these books are they're a variety of characters, <laughs> a whole variety of characters. And you say, wow, that kind of reminded me of me, or that stepped on my toes a little bit. But I think it's important to get the books out there. So, you know, once I write it down, then it's real. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we're going to talk about um, the audience um, that you self-describe. Um, the 16-plus audience for your books. We'll get into that in just a moment. Okay. I, uh, before we're up on the first break, I want, I want you to talk a bit more about the ideology of sharing. Okay. And, um, and I think you've made it very clear that, that this is more than just a craft that you're doing. This is something that you've got to get out of your, of your body, out of your mind, out of your spirit. <laughs> yeah, yes, you have to do it. So you have to share. So um, can you just talk a little bit about that, a little bit yeah, more like drill sure. down on it in... in in a, in a way that for some of those who are listening and watching in the audience who I'm sure are going through the same exact things mm -hmm. may not know how to process it, may not know how to do it. Mm -hmm. But just talk about your method of sharing. Okay, well, um, I'm not a pro at anything. But I've learned that with practice, uh, you could do anything better. And once you know better, you do better. And I'm sure everybody's heard that. But you got to do it more than once. <laughs> um, what I'm trying to do in Trenton, particularly in Trenton, is stop the revolving door. Stop the revolving door with going to jail, coming home, and then they have nothing to, they have nothing to reach for. So they go back to the same thing that they know. And then with the females, <laughs> they jump from man to man. And a lot of my characters in the variety of books that I have have gone through that. So if, if I'm catching you at 15 and you're a 15-year-old guy and you haven't gone to jail yet, maybe if you pick up this book and read this book, then maybe I've done that for you. Or maybe I had this character do it for you so that you don't have to. And then the females. Some characters in my book, like I said, they jump from man to man, and they don't have to. They have to learn their worth. Mm -hmm. So what I'm really trying to do is, if you read the book, then maybe you won't have to. It's, it's already done for you. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll think about that. 
Great. I'm speaking with author Trish Williams. We're going to be drawing down on a bunch of different things. It behooves you to go to the website, ivorysky.com, toil around a little bit and see what's on the website, and uh, come back after a short break. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You can send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com. I do answer them. It may take me a little while unless you have someone in the audience who wants to get in touch with me and would like to be an admin uh, here in the studio and doing some cool things in the Trenton, New Jersey region. Hit me up. But I'm in the studio with Trish uh, Williams, who is an author, and we're talking about some of her books, but also the process of where she's gotten to and how she's gotten to this point where she's written well over 20 books or so, and uh, talking about her social media access, and uh, we're going to be getting into some things about her health and so forth. So uh, thank you for joining us. And Trish, back to you. Um, you know, just before the break, we were talking about sharing. Yes. And um, the importance of sharing. And um, there's a song by the Red Hot Chili Peppers that was very popular, and it was uh, Give It Away. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of people were caught by the funk rift of mm-hmm. the music and, um, you know, the, the chorus, Give It Away, Give It Away, Give It Away now. Song, but <laughs> yeah, But the whole idea behind that is most people don't understand the transition that the Chili Peppers went through, and this is going somewhere. So as artists, I mean, back in the 80s when they were breaking into the scene doing the punk funk stuff, it wasn't very mm-hmm. popular no. on the East Coast. So they had a hard time. They got involved in a bunch of stuff, etc., up and down, different members of the band, even had some members who had died. And that album that that song led on was almost that fruition of them all coming together and pulling away from all the things, the peaks and valleys that they had gone through in their youth to the (laughs) point where they knew at this point, life is about sharing and giving away what you've experienced, not hoarding that stuff for yourself, but giving it away. And I still think to this day when I hear that song, how many people sing the lyrics but don't understand that the whole process of true self-satisfaction in life is sharing what you never have knew. with other never people. I never knew the history so. behind that song. <laughs> Love the group, but I never knew the history behind that song. My research is way off. So, so what you're doing through your craft mm-hmm. of writing mm-hmm. and um, specifically targeting young people when I say young, I mean, you said 15, your website says 16 plus is generally the audience. You're trying to give away your life experiences from however they came to you mm-hmm. to someone else in an effort to help, help them navigate through life. Right. And being a person of color mm-hmm. and just going to keep it real, I mean, people of color, we have it much more difficult than a lot of people realize. I agree. On a regular basis, on a daily basis. I agree. So... Again, it behooves us to share any experiences that we have that have been successful with other people of color, especially younger ones, so that we can hopefully continue to build this dynamic of, of a better culture, a better community of people who can who can come together. So I, I want you to, to just drill down a little bit more on the sharing, because I think that sure. just before the break, you had a little bit more that you I wanted do. to share. I do. Um, you have to understand and not everybody's foundation is Christ but I still want to cross demographics with the fact that these are young people and they have a lot of stuff to go through regardless of their race their creed their color their religion no matter what it is they're still young people my demographic is typically 16 to 22 but I would love, love, love for a 35-year-old woman to read my book and say, you know what? <laughs> I went through that. It's similar. And now I have a daughter so I can reach out and help her. And sometimes people just leave my books lying around for their children to read, for their young people to read. And I was so excited to hear that because, you know, my friends are my age. So they, they support my books. They support me. Oh, I want to buy that book. I want to buy that book. They support me because it's me, Trisha Ray. But then they leave the book around for their young people to read. And they're like, Mom, who wrote this book? Can you get another one? <laughs> so that's you know, like the biggest compliment for me. I, I, I want to go back to that. But, you know, I thought I was the only one who did that. I, so I've got a 13-year-old daughter. And, and I leave stuff around. Yeah. Just leave? 
And when she in the bathroom on the stool, and when she picks something up, yeah. and I know she's right, I'm kind of like sliding out of the room. <laughs> just okay, good. Just, so, what'd you think about that That's, book? You know, you don't mean to, um, especially especially at that age. How old your daughter? Thirteen. Thirteen. Perfect. She, you know, she's coming up on this stuff. But this is this is this is too serious stuff. It it, it depends on. It depends on what you told her already. What have you taught her already? What have has her mom taught her already? So she might be mature enough to receive some of this stuff. I mean, it's not, I'm going to say it's not that bad like everybody else. It's not that it's bad. It's just that she's not ready for it mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, um, me at 13, I was cutting paper dolls. And people thought, people think that's weird. Yeah, that I was cutting paper dolls and putting their clothes on them and still playing with Barbie's camper. I know 13-year-olds who, like, they're not virgins. <laughs> yeah, they're women. They're women. They're, they've been through some stuff, you know? And a lot of my characters, they go through stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm not oblivious to it. It's just that I was one of those 13-year-olds who played with paper dolls. <laughs> and as I was finding stuff out... Um, it seemed like it all happened within the the next five years was was hell because I kind of wish somebody left the book around for me mm-hmm. if you know what I mean and mm-hmm. this way you know the book will get read mm-hmm. <laughs> the book needs to be read I wish someone somebody left the book around for me put it that way mm-hmm. things I was finding out I was finding out from the wrong sources mm-hmm. you know and so so I think that what you're alluding to is that um, being a good parent or mm-hmm. parenting in a good sense mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you completely shelter children uh, from everything. Gosh, you pick no. and choose and kind of um, guide them through the process. Yeah, you kind of do. Um, I, I've come from, I have five sisters. Sorry. I have four sisters. And we're like steps. And then I have an older set of sister sister and brother and they were very protective of me um but not to the not to a fault i mean you know they gradually taught me things my mother gradually taught me things but people understood i was a baby here i am way down here so if 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 they if there was a thing to learn for the girls, for the girls to learn, we would all be in the room together, and I was in the room, so I learned what they learned, even though, if, even if I wasn't ready for it. So it kind of just, you know, hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> I'm like, what? Hmm. What pills? What? You know, tampons? What? Mm-hmm. What? What's that? Mm-hmm. So you know. Um, so you learn these things, and then you learn these things, and then you don't hear the boys' side of it, because I have two brothers, too, and they learn stuff. And then a commercial comes on, and, and you know, boys are funny. You know, somebody farts, and it's like the funniest thing in the whole world. <laughs> boys are just different. Yeah, you know? we're different. That's it. Yeah. But I think it's important that my boy characters, that my young readers understand my boy characters, that... I didn't understand at that time, but if you read this book, you'll know <laughs> you'll know what to avoid and you'll know, you know, how to approach things and it's so much better to talk to your parents. I, I didn't talk to my mom and dad too much mm-hmm. because we would have group. <laughs> and I think sometimes you need the individual. Yeah, the know. intimidation factor. Yeah. So um that leads me to ask you, do you think that your books like after this? Um, and after all, mm-hmm. what place do you think that they they take in in developing a young person who reads these? Ooh. Okay, well, after this was first, chronologically, after all is last out of all of my books. After this, after this is oh, that's tough. <laughs> Um, if, if, if I had, if I had a group of people in front of me, I would want them to read after this first. Then they kind of get a whole perspective of a young person from this age to an adult. Okay. 
um, whereas after this is about this adult at this age throughout the entire book. Okay. So it's it's so different. It, we're kind of growing with the character in after this, which is the first book, mm -hmm. the red one. So we're growing with her through high school, actually through through kindergarten, <laughs> through kindergarten, through elementary school, through junior high school, through college, and to adult to adulthood. Mm -hmm. So we're. We're going through adolescence with her, and a lot of people will be able to relate to some of the stuff that Missy goes through. I actually, I love Missy. I love Missy, Missy, Missy. I love her. Because a lot of things that Missy went through, people were scared to say. So. Wouldn't and you... Then, I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I no, apologize. Just the last part. After all, like I said, she was the same age throughout the entire book, so it's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not when did you realize that you wanted to be an author? Oh, 12, when I got the journal. The day I got the journal. And what kind of support did you receive at 12 years old? I kept it a secret. <laughs> I kept it a secret. I was writing poetry. Poetry wasn't that popular at that time. Um, junior high school, we had to do, I had to do uh, some Robert Frost. And it just, oh. I fell in love with poetry, I fell in love with words, I fell in love with grammar, and I fell in love with, with Shakespeare, and then I realized words were my best friend right after the sheet of paper. <laughs> so, I, I loved reading, I still love reading. Mm -hmm. I think I've read everything there is to read. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave it at that for right now. Um, Trish Williams, can you share your contact information again, please? Oh, sure. It's irisky, I-R-E-E-S-K-Y dot com, irisky.com. And then my phone number is 609-963-7077. And, of course, Facebook is just me, T.E. Williams, author. Author <laughs> T.E. Williams is in the studio here at WIMG. I'm Jacques Howard. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show, and we'll be back after a short break. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm Jock Howard, your host. And you can find out about us on the website, Trenton365.com. Also on Facebook and Twitter, Trenton365 as well. Uh, before I forget, um, Regis Entertainment is also one of the organizations that I'm a part of. Website is rejsjazz.com. And we're going to be giving away four tickets, and I'm showing you two right now, to uh, our performance, which is going to be taking place on March 31st, 2017. Beginning at 7 p.m., and the artist will be Charnette Moffett, and with a special guest, Scott Tixier. This will take place at Tavern on the Lake in Heightstown, New Jersey, and we'll set this up the first two people to uh, get in touch tomorrow morning after 10 a.m. We'll get two tickets each to come to the Regis Jazz where Regis Entertainment presents Charnette Moffat at Tavern on the Lake, happening March 31st, 2017, Care of the Trenton 365 show. So, back to my guest who has in hand, we got Trish Williams, author known as T.E. Williams, and yeah. she's been talking about her craft and, and how she got into writing. And uh, something that, that I am always encouraging, especially to those who listen on a regular basis, is edifying people who are doing things. She got a journal at 12 years old. A few years later, she's written 20 books. <laughs> and she's had support of family and friends. And I want you to talk about the experience of having that support. Family, friends, anyone who was encouraging you along this journey mm -hmm. to uh, satisfy your soul, basically, to become an author. Well, uh, that began early. Scott Tixier is a friend. Scott and, Scott and Tony are friends. All right, great. I just good, good. mention that. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I have two mentors. I have had a mentor at that age when I was 12, who is still a mentor now. And then her name is Ama Day. Ama is, is a griot. She speaks um, to the experience of young people. And um, she was a teacher. She's, she is a teacher. 
and she taught me a lot. I actually, um, my father died when I was 13, and I started writing a little more vigorously then, I guess because I needed to, and she was very instrumental in helping me write and bringing it out whenever I was angry or upset or even happy how to write that down, write what you're feeling down. So I worked in a classroom with her with 20, 30 other, um, 10, uh, two, uh, three year olds, three year and four year olds. And I was responsible for helping her. I was her assistant. And I would only work two or three, two or three hours, but to me it was my job at 385 an hour. And she taught me a lot in the time that I was there. She did, she taught me a lot about um, our responsibility in teaching young people. And at the time we just had three and four year olds, but there were my peers mostly who we needed to reach. And I listened, I listened to her. Alma Day is like still, still my mentor. And then I have another mentor who helped me with my writing later, who still is in, uh, in my life, uh, mm -hmm. Sabrina Shelton. So they're my writing mentors. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned that um, Amade was your mentor, but something you mentioned about what she did, I think is something that is almost a missed art. Not only was she instructing you and helping you to grow into this woman who you are, mm -hmm. but she was also encouraging you and guiding you to teach what you know Every step to way. someone else. Every step of the way. So talk about that process. Now that we're bringing that back and we're okay. re reliving some of your youth, can you share about some of those emotions that you were feeling at that time? a lot of emotions Jock. Uh, like I said my father died um, a lot of people were my father was a big man in Trenton he was a, a mechanic and a lot of people would bring their cars to um, get them fixed by him when they couldn't go to a shop they would go to our house and get, get their cars fixed and uh, like I said, I have I have a lot of sisters, and what Daddy did before he died, and I think that he didn't know the date that he was gonna die, but he knew he knew he was sick, and it was very personal to all of us because what he did, and and a lot of parents need to do this. He took each of us, each girl, and taught us a trade. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but. <laughs> He had me under the car, learning how to change the oil, change the tire. I could change the spark plugs. I could help you with your tranny. I could, I could do so many things with the car. Um, and I'm the baby girl, so I was out there all winter long. The year that he passed, fixing cars. My other sister, he taught her how to bake. She can bake anything that you put in front of her. She will bake it. <laughs> I think that's amazing. She's an amazing cook. Um, we all learned how to cook eventually, but no. If you want something baked, you go to her. And everybody knew she was the baker. You need your oil changed, you come to me. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I have four sisters, so each of us learned the trade. The other one learned arc welding, and the other one learned uh, electronic, elect how to put a mute button on things. She could fix any any of this stuff. She could just you just put it in front of her, and she can make sense of it which wire goes to where and she's amazing with that um i think he knew he was gonna go and he didn't want he it was explained to me that he didn't want any of us on the side of the road with our skirt hiked up to you know have the tire changed just call your sister mm -hmm. you know so i think that um my mentor is more than just day and Sabrina, but my influences were my brothers and sisters as well. So they helped shape who I am. But at the same time, um, if, if, I, if I had a problem, I, I would definitely pick up the phone and call Alma. And then as an adult, I would pick up the phone and call Sabrina. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people shaped me, but as far as writing, I have to leave that in Alma's court. She, like I said, she's a self-professed real. She would stand 
and speak to people and people would flock to her just to hear her. She's an amazing, amazing woman. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would still love to hear her today. Like if she was talking in the middle of a park, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. <laughs> no doubt. That's a, that's a warm story. And I shouldn't say story because it's not. It's mm -hmm. a warm sharing of your life experience. Um, I'd like to turn that back and ask you about um, character development in your books. And um, you mentioned, you know, Becky. Uh, oh, that's the fun stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> Missy. Oh, Missy, Missy, I apologize. That's so, okay. so as an author, um, how do you come up with the idea and the concepts to your characters, or is this something that just organically evolves? Mm, it's, I have a process. It's kind of weird. Um, the last cartoon, I see. It's weird because... I have grandkids and they're always over my house and we watch cartoons so when I'm watching the cartoons they have their characters and whatever character um, is the last character that we see that's how I get the character's name in my book that's really weird and very unique <laughs> that's how I get the name but I already have characters in my head from the time that I was 12 and 13 years old um, I just didn't name them yet mm. like right now I still have about 40 and I'm thinking about writing about it's just a process is you can't write all these books at once and you can't put all the characters that you have in your head in one book mm -hmm. so you have to save that so characters that are that are having after this um, they were already they were already created um, over the years I just didn't have a name for them <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay. That's, Naming that's... them is fun. <laughs> that's <a> fun <laughs> but I already know, like right now, I already, in my seventh and eighth book uh -huh. that's going to be published, I already have the characters. I've had them for years. Um, I just need to name them and put them, you know, put them in, put them in print. Yeah, I have a lot of characters. <laughs> now, you, know, you, you were telling me in the green room before you came on that, um, I guess since December or so, You've produced or you've written six books. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I, to me, like, I, I, I like writing. I mean, I've got li lots of, you know, books and, and notes and things that I have, you know, I've had for many years. Mm -hmm. But I haven't gotten to that point where that book is coming out of me yet. So even the idea and the concept of even getting to the point of writing a book, it's something that I'm, I'm verbalizing. I, I want to do. I'm learning how to do this process. It just blows my mind that an author can write six books in a couple of months. So please just talk to me about how, how you got to this point and how this, this, this water is just flowing out of you. Okay. Well, like I said, uh, Christianity is my foundation. And um, what happens with me is the characters that we just talked about that have, have been in my head since I was 12 or 13, they just kind of latch on like a magnet in my head until they're ready to come out. So what happens is when the, it's kind of weird, but when the Lord is ready to use that character in my book, that's when I, that's when I, I got to bring them out. This is needed right now. I got to bring them out. This is needed right now. I got to bring them out like in Flawless. In Flawless, it, I thought it was important for the two characters to be right when God told me to bring them out sorry the Holy Spirit tells me to bring them out I bring them out so he said right now what's needed is the prodigal son and the prodigal daughter but the prodigal son is like <sighs> over overdone so I brought out a prodigal daughter she needed to come home it was okay for her to leave but she needed to come home so that that's one of the one of the uh, main things I do is let the Holy Spirit lead me to which character is gonna come out in my next book now in December, yes, I wrote six books, but they were already. I just needed to type them. I mean, they were they were up here. <laughs> I got about twelve more right now that are dying to come out, but I have to let the Lord lead me. I I have to. That's my core. That's that's my source. He's my source. I I don't do anything without His say so. That's fantastic. I'm speaking with author Trish Williams. We're up on another short break. We'll be back. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 Show, and I'm Jacques Howard.
And welcome back to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. Send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com. Check out the website, trenton365.com, or visit us on Facebook, Trenton 365 Show. You'll see a whole bunch of different things that are happening. Library boxes of Trenton, Lifestyle by Amon's Brindle, the Amon's Brindle Regional Music Show, um, all the civic engagement things that I'm doing, Capital City Skate Park. All these different things are all part of this whole idea of um, bringing together as many people as possible to build a better community for everyone. For many, many years, there's been people who have been isolated and not given the opportunity to share their experiences for whatever reason. The whole idea and impetus between my, behind my show is that I want to have conversations with people and sit down with them and have a meal so that we can come together and my opinions and life experiences are just as valid as anyone else's and anyone else's are just as valid as mine. And I'm working towards this whole vision of what the book of Revelation talks about. And that is that we will worship one day in heaven with a multitude of people that can't be counted of all different ethnic backgrounds, languages, and tongues. Now, give that some thought for all those who call and profess the name of Jesus Christ. And what are you doing to facilitate that on earth today? So, in the studio with me is T.E. Williams. That is her writing name. But it's Trish Williams. And Trish has been talking about a few of her books that I've been gifted with, so fortunately. So, that's all. Oh, excuse me, after all and after this. So um, the archives of this interview, if you're just tuning, us, tuning in and joining us, will be on uh, the Facebook page and on the website as well, and you can download those for free. But the whole idea and impetus behind what Trish is doing is she's sharing the gifts and talents that she has. And she's sharing it at an amazing price. We won't get into the price of these books, but that's something for you to think about. If you want to support a local artist who's also doing things in a community to support the, the neighborhood, the, the city where she's from. These are the kind of people that you need to connect with. You know, you hear buy local and things like that all the time. This is an opportunity for you to do something with buy local. So, uh, Trish, throughout the show, you've been talking about lots of different things. How at about 12 years old, you got this journal and yeah. that got you started in writing. And you basically, you didn't use the word love, but I will use the word love for you. You fell in love with the whole idea of writing and, yes. and sharing your thoughts. And uh, you went on to talk about how uh, a blank sheet of paper is your best friend. Yes. And that is absolutely amazing to hear you say that. Now, I'd, I'd like to, I also want to fill folks in who are just joining us. You've talked about the, the process, like the different things that's happened in your life. I mean, you spoke about your family. You talked about um, your father in a way that he taught you and your siblings a craft. Um, and the whole idea behind all of that is just sharing. Mm -hmm. And you're doing that in your writing. How can writing books like this, how do you feel this can help change or improve the city of Trenton and beyond? Well, individually, yeah, individually. Once a, one person reads it, one at a time, one at a time. If, if my book reaches one and makes them change their life and makes them think about their future, and makes this person find a higher power and and realize that we have not made ourselves, then I've done my job. I, I just need one. <laughs> I just need to change one person's life, one young person's life by reading that reading my book. Something she was gonna do today, something he was gonna do, he changed his mind. I snatched him back. That that's my goal. So even if I just sold one ten dollar book, I've I've done what I set out to do. I I did what I told God I would. Mm -hmm. So basically, that that's it. <laughs> you know, bef in, uh, before the interview, we were talking about the peaks and valleys mm -hmm. of life, and, and that's just a part of life. I remember hearing a, a sermon by Charles Stanley. Um, he had said, "You are either in a storm." leaving a storm, or headed to a storm. Right. So just be prepared. Be prepared either way. It's, 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 it's either coming mm -hmm. or you're in it, right? Or you're in it. Or you're just leaving, etc. And how do you, in all your books, and, and I want you to, to, to tie this in, mm -hmm. because you mentioned about, you know, the peaks and valleys mm -hmm. and the life, 
and that in all your books the character goes through something mm -hmm. but the character has like a revelation like they realize something yes. can you just talk about that a bit yes um i think i think it's important um not just because it makes a book boring wants to read nothing happened nobody i think it's important that a character goes through something that we in trenton we go through I thought that that was important that's the common denominator something they go through that we go through in Trenton in an urban area in the city in the hood not just oh I ran over here and I got a pail and went to get the water and I got raped no <laughs> out of the well you know it has to be the connection is Trenton the connection for these characters is Trenton they go through something, they get saved, or they find a higher power. I, I think that everything that we're going through now, I could never have gone through when I was younger. Everything that these young people are faced with right now, with social media and what's the name of the thing? Web chat or Snapchat and, 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 and Worldstar and... <laughs> I never, never could I have gone through that. I mean, we were, we came up in a time where we had drill team and mom leaders. And if mom leaders saw you do something like steal something out of store, then mom leader would whoop your butt. And it would be okay with my mom and dad if mom leader, <laughs> community leader, because we were a village, small village, you know whooped my behind it would have been okay and it's not like that anymore these parents are defending some of the stuff that these young kids do you know mind your business don't put your hands on my child don't did you touch my child uh, it's just not like it was but i think it's important to go get something and bring it back to the village <laughs> go get something and bring it back to the village i'm not just going to leave trenton high and dry i left i learned what i needed to learn i came back here and now I want to offer what I learned in my books to Trenton. So basically, that, that I think it's important to bring it back to the village. I think it's important that I grew up in a time where this lady down the street saw me do something wrong. She can whip my butt. And now it's not like that anymore. It's not like that anymore. I, I think it's it, a lot of things have changed. We have to admit that a lot of things have changed. Mm -hmm. Straying off of the the subject of what we've been talking about, your books and, mm -hmm. and writing as an author, how, why do you feel that has happened in our culture? And when I say our culture, um, please don't get this mistaken and think that I'm only speaking about people of color, because mm -hmm. this is this is not just a person of color issue. I mean, there's Caucasian kids and Asian kids who are just cutting up <laughs> mm -hmm. and there's a bad family dynamics in all different backgrounds, mm -hmm. etc. And I'm asking this because I know I don't have the answer, but it's something that I see as well. Mm -hmm. And I hear it all the time in my travels. People say, hey, look, things just aren't like the where they were. You know, streetlights, you don't have to be home and, and all those other things. And people, I know people don't know their neighbors and yeah. all those other things. But what do you think? are some of the things that you have seen that have contributed to our culture in the United States getting to the point where parents aren't disciplining their children, one, mm -hmm. and also have a problem if anyone wants to even suggest that their children aren't behaving properly. I've seen it over and over, Jacques, over and over, and there's a lot of contributing factors to it, and it didn't just happen overnight. It was gradual. You know, fathers aren't home. Okay, now, you have mothers who are raising children, and you have fathers who are raising children. But no matter how you look at it, it's one lacking in the house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you say, okay, well, he was a great dad. He's raising his son. You can't, you can't knock him. But there's still something lacking in the home. There's still something lacking. His mother is gone, you know? And you can't replace him with Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> you, you, you can't do it. And you, you got her, and then she's running through men, the mom. 
the less exposure you have to other people, the stronger the household will become. But there's nothing statistically that you could do about it because you can only be responsible for your own house now. And it wasn't like that before. It wasn't. I grew up, yes, a lot of my friends didn't, but I grew up in a house with my mother and my father. It was very rare. Um, until he died. He died, ironically, when I was 12. <laughs> 13. He died when I was 13. And then my mother was a single mother for a really long time, and she never brought another man home. Like, ever. It was a big age difference between my mother and my father. And um, I she had a bunch of kids. She had girls. She had boys. She raised uh, seven of us. Uh, yeah, seven of us. And we never went without. We never, times got hard sometimes, but we never starved. Everything that she taught us was instilled in us. We're good? Yeah, yeah, no, we're still rolling now. I, I want you to finish um, that because I, all of this stuff that we're doing is great. And there's a lot of people I know who are patting you on the back and encouraging you in what you're doing, and I get it too, and I thank all of you for that. And if we're not moving as a culture into a place where we're getting better, mm -hmm. I really feel as though that my job isn't quite done. Right. And I say that, and we're going to be very short on time after this. Um, I think about Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement. Mm -hmm. And I often think about all of the blood that was shed during that time. And what would they think about where we are culturally today? Their heads would be shaking. I mean, uh, people who start sentences with, I don't know about any anybody else, but... I can't, I, I can't, I need to be able to get with you so you could understand what's happening to us. <laughs> now, I don't know about anybody else, and I don't know about anybody else, but I think for one thing, God is not present anymore, and he needs to be. On everybody's wall, when you walked in, it was a Martin Luther King, a, J, a John F. Kennedy, and Jesus. I don't see that anymore. You don't even see the big fork and knife anymore. <laughs> Please come back, and we're going to drill down on that a little bit more. But I think that ought to be a hashtag campaign. Okay. MLK, okay. JFK, and Jesus, Jesus on the wall. And, and what about those days? Um, T.E. Williams, final words as we sign off. Um, support us. Support me. It's important. And um, bring things back to the village. It's very important that you bring what you know back to the village. That's it. Fantastic. T.E. Williams, author. Information will be up on the website, Trenton365.com. Tuesday night, 8 to 9 p.m., the Trenton 365 show with me, Jacques Howard. Trenton 365 is Civic Engagement Radio, friends. Take care. Have a good night.